You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I'm a Ryder fan. I, I, you know, I bleed green and white. Mike Riley is my favorite player in the CFL. I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to admit that. I wish he was my dad. <laughs> Mike Riley is the man we should all aspire to be. Oh, yeah, I don't mind that. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are now on Spotify as well. We're, we're in the big time Brazilian tie. So get in on it and get us on Spotify. Now, Brazilian tie, you have had the week of all weeks. Technically, you are a millennial, but you can't even run a printer these days, apparently. It all started on Sunday. It all started on <laughs> Sunday. Okay, I, I'm listening. <laughs> Got to my hotel room, set up my printer for work, and pulled out the ones that like the setup cartridges that it comes with right like they're only one use yeah yeah ran the test worked fine put in the new ones nothing prints I'm like, okay <laughs> whatever i'll deal with it tomorrow i get one of the ladies at the office to print off a timesheet for me to get printed or to get signed do all that stuff come back look at it look at the picture look back at the printer look at the picture on the box <laughs> yeah those cartridges are in backwards <laughs> to make to make matters even worse, earlier that morning on Monday, I sunk the quad up to like over the tires. The entire engine muffler was underwater, so then I had to hop off in you know it was over my belly button and push it backwards until I could get the muffler out of the water and the engine kind of dried off enough where I could start it, back it out, and do all that so i had a really fun monday it took me about an hour and a half to figure out how to get those cartridges out but now hey the printer's <laughs> up and running just fine <laughs> so you're saying this all started on thursday when the riders got their butts whipped oh yeah that that might have been the start of my downfall <laughs> yeah in the huddle with Karan Todd on the two and out podcast Oh, I can't believe week three is here already. I kind of want it to slow down. Before you know it, it's going to be the Grey Cup. But this news came out. This Canadian Football League and the Players Association are going to cancel voluntary off-season workouts. I've seen multiple sides to the argument here. And a lot of people are saying, hey, maybe this is something that the vets in the PA want taken away. Because it gives GMs, coaches, less time to look at new players less time to evaluate them before the new season. So the vets are like, hey, our jobs are a little bit safer. And you know what? We don't have to be put in a position to say, no, I don't want to do this voluntary workout. But people are also saying that without looking at these new players for longer and having more opportunities, that it might hurt the quality of the football early on in the season. What say you, Brazilian Ty? Ever since Randy Ambrosi has become commissioner, his top of the list first thing he wants to do is player safety and you know what getting rid of this uh it's it's just another another aspect of that where you know these guys aren't going to be participating in football drills and activities less chance of them getting hurt i know that it it kind of sucks for guys that maybe aren't going to get that look or as long of a look as they would you know otherwise you know have a good mini camp and then when you go to training camp you might have a little bit of leeway i get that but i think player safety is the big reason here I also think that he is really looking at the bottom line of all these teams and these voluntary workouts, wherever they hold them in Texas or Florida or Nevada or something like that, got to cost a lot of money to put on. I know some of the players basically have to you know, pay 100 bucks to try out or whatever, but I, I think he's trying to cut a lot of these unnecessary expenses as well. Oh, for sure. And you, you cut out those expenses. And like you said, the bottom line uh, isn't going to be as uh, drastically affected by, you know, you come in, start in the season and you're already in a hole. Uh, you know, it's, it, it kind of makes it so like your gate is you're going to get more of the gate. You get more of the TV revenue. You know, you're not spending as much money and 
all in all, that that makes for the, that if it makes all the teams healthier financially, it's going to be better for the league. TSN also announced that live mic games are coming back and a lot more than they have in the past. Actually, eighteen games are going to be. Uh, Live mic games this year. There's going to be four games for each team, and they're going to be starting actually this weekend, Winnipeg and Hamilton, and there's going to be one a week basically for the rest of the year. I am actually a fan of these. Uh, I had no problem with what they did. It really showed kind of what goes into a game. However, I, I kind of wish it was changed a little bit. Um, when the quarterback's at the line calling out his gibberish, nobody knows what it means. Each team has their own lingo, so I don't really see a point to that. But if you're going to mic guys like Simone Lawrence and Odell Willis and Deron Carter for the whole game and you can hear it live, I understand you might have to put a delay on some of these guys. That's what I want. I don't want a lot of these quarterbacks aren't really talkers. They're just there talking about the game because they control absolutely everything. I would like to see the guys with uh, more personality and more freedom be mic'd up this season. Well, and we saw that last week with Deontay Spencer. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you got an eight in front of your number, you don't try to play corner. Blah, blah, blah. It's like that. That's the stuff I want. I, I, I know it's nice to hear, you know, guys in the huddle and, you know, at the line barking out. Parking out their signals and you know all that stuff and the discussion that the re- the coaches will have with refs and all that crap. I, I prefer the real, like the in the like in the heat of the moment. That's the stuff I want. Um, you know, you're gonna hear it on TV, a play call, and you might know maybe some of it, but you're gonna have to watch that so many times to figure out what everybody's doing. At each play, that, <laughs> each yeah, exactly right. Each play because you know. Each word is for a different receiver and all that. And to to follow all that, it's tough. Um, but I, I prefer like the, the the heat of the moment. You know, face to face with a guy. You know, a little bit of trash talk, a little bit of a little bit of oh, con- like nice tackle or great hit or you know that there'll be more of that coming. I like that stuff more than uh, the live mic on. You know, just for the play. Yeah, last year um, it was Kent Austin talking to your ref, or maybe it was even the year before. He referred to Brandon Banks as Speedy B, and I thought looking, that was looking for a pass interference call. Yep, that was really cool to see more stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. That that is what I want. Well, and, and we saw it in MLB. I don't know if it was last this pat this year or last year, but Terry Collins was mic'd up for a game. Syndergaard throws at a guy, and it it was a premeditated. It happened. It happened in the series before, and instantly Syndergaard got thrown out. And Terry Collins comes out of the dugout, and the ump was mic'd too. Or it might have just been the ump was mic'd. But you got to hear what, what he says to Syndergaard. It's like, no, you can't do that. Now we're in the jackpot too. You know, We knew this was going to happen. You're gone. Collins comes out, loses his mind, calls him what he shouldn't call him. If you've watched Bull Durham, you know the word. And, yeah, he was tossed. But you never get that. You never get to hear – you try to read lips, and they're talking so fast, and there's spit flying, and there's gum everywhere. And, you know, that that's – I want the real thing. I want I want what happens in, with just everyday discussions or, you know, when a guy gets kicked out or apparently like that. That's the stuff that I really like. Um, I, I appreciate what they're trying to do with the live mics for the game, but I, I just think they're kind of missing the mark. Westerman and uh, Manzel in preseason. I would have loved to be a fly on the wall mm-hmm. in that one. Oh, absolutely. There has been a update on Ricky Ray. So on Monday, he was released from hospital. And at the time, all they said was that he's going to miss significant time. And then it came out today that doctors have advised him to not play for the rest of the season. I don't know if it's the end. There's a big part of me that hopes it's not because... To see Ricky Ray's career end like that is just tragic. Uh, there's, I, I don't know if there's any other way to put it, really. I, I do wish if it was going to end, it would have ended in November. But depending on what happens for the rest of the season, you got to think even if he comes back, that it wouldn't be with Toronto. That That is a great point. Um, you know, now that... James Franklin's basically been handed the reins, uh, has a chance to run with it, uh, and 
like doctors telling Ricky Ray that he probably shouldn't play this year. I'd be listening to the doctors. He's 38 years old. Uh, You know, the recovery process is going to take a lot longer than it would if he was 28. And you don't want to see him do irreparable damage to the point like where his, his quality of life is, is just no good anymore. So I, I could see him coming back at some point, whether it's just to hold a clipboard or something like that, be on the sidelines next year. If he does come back, like you said, I don't know if it'll be with Toronto. Maybe, maybe he goes and he backs up Mike Riley and he goes back to Edmonton. That would be, that would be pretty cool. I think uh, whether or not it actually happens, I don't know. He might just be ready to, to call or quits. I really don't think there's a discussion here. Do you think Jim Pop or Chris Jones are going to call up Hamilton? Well, they can call all they want, but there's no way Manziel's going anywhere. Yeah, I think the price would be pretty high. I, I don't even I don't even think that there is a price. I literally don't. I I literally I, I think that under the circumstances, Manziel, no matter what, is is going to be a tire cat for these two years because. June Jones wants him to be the starting quarterback for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Well, three of nine quarterbacks have gone down already, so mm-hmm. uh, it's valuable having a, to have a backup that has some talent for sure. Oh, and, and we we talked about this earlier in the year, where if you don't have a backup that can play, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. And you know, these three teams now have got to hope that what they saw in their backup quarterback, which we've seen with Chris Trevler already has been you know what they what they hope but these other with James Franklin Brandon Bridge just kind of hope that you know what we've seen in the short time that they've actually got to play is that that's what they are and they that they can win a football game let's talk about the week three games join two and out for CFL fantasy and CFL pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got they are who we thought they were just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca enough from talking about it there has to be consequences and pick'em.cfl.ca Calgary is home to Ottawa. They're seven and a half point favorites. Last year, they won the season series. One win, no losses, and one tie. Actually, Trevor Harris, as a starter with the Red Blacks against the Stampeders, has not won a game. Two losses and two ties. They've tied twice in the past few seasons. Uh, The Stampeders outscored Ottawa last year, 74-40. So these two teams, no matter... How far apart people really want to think and say they are. They really are evenly matched, and I think all the credit has to go to the coaching staff in Ottawa. They're a very underrated group. Oh, for sure, and and these two teams just match up so well together. Yeah. Um, it just seems that every matchup is, you know, it, it's almost a wash. Like, you know, a Calgary receiver will be able to burn a halfback and, and you know, make a big play, but... Then all of a sudden, that halfback can make a make a play on that same receiver, and it kind of cancels out. And it's the same way when Ottawa has the ball. It, it's just, when these two teams play it, it's almost guaranteed to be the game of the week. Yeah, we can even go back to the Grey Cup. I know uh, Burris was the quarterback that time around, but everybody basically wrote off the Red Blacks heading into that game, and they did just fine. I think a lot of people wrote off the Red Blacks' offensive line last week. Me included. I'll eat some crow here. Uh, Mark Corte was just drafted in in what April or whatever, and man, he goes up against one of the best D lines in the league in Saskatchewan, and they kept Harris clean. Evan Johnson is going to start again, and if they handle that Calgary defensive line, well, that's two of the best in the league. Look out for Ottawa. If you give Trevor Harris time to throw the ball to Greg Allenson, Deontay Spencer, and Brad Sinopoli, you're going to lose that football game. Or you're going to win that football game, sorry. If that O-line protects Harris like they have in the first couple weeks, or I guess only they've only played one game, but like they did against Saskatchewan, uh, there's no reason they can't win this game. The big three in Ottawa used to be Williams, Ellingson, and Sinopoli. Well, maybe Jackson. They had a big four. Uh, a couple of years ago. Now it's Ellingson, mm-hmm. Spencer, and Sinopoli. They all have pretty good fantasy games against the Stampeders. Greg Ellingson, of course, leading the way. He is the number one target for Trevor Harris. It seems week in, week out, 18.1. Deontay Spencer at 16.8. Sinopoli, who doesn't, like, he never makes the flashy play. You know, he never seems to be in the top echelon of CFL receivers. Averages 14 points against the Stamps. And you know he's only at thirty five sixty one. He's so steady. <laughs> yeah, he makes catches. 
right? And now with it being a PPR league, those catches are huge. It's an extra point. Harris puts up 20.1 points against Calgary. Those points have got to come from somebody. And with with the receivers he has, like it, it's this is the I know everybody wants to call Saskatchewan, but this is the best receiving core in the CFL. I'm a fan of William Powell. I really am. I like his running mm-hmm. style, and I think if he can stay healthy, he could be the best running back in the league. But at over eighty three hundred dollars, I don't know if I like that this week. That that's kind of tough to fit in. Uh, you know, he only averages fifteen point nine overall, and he's only played one game. Uh, against Calgary in the last couple of years, and he only got 10.6. Uh, that being said, if the old line plays like they did last week, he could have a pretty big game. Kind of expect this game to be a bit of a shootout. I don't know if I like either defense, really. Especially Ottawa's. You know, <laughs> In the last couple of years, they've averaged 1.2 points against Calgary. Like That's not good. Uh, they averaged 6.8 overall. So, I mean, you can tell that when these two teams hook up, it doesn't really seem to matter where or, you know, who. Uh, they Both teams end up putting up points. Uh, Calgary's defense averages 10.5, but that a, a lot of that is sacks, uh, you know, because both teams put up the points. So if you can get a, get a couple sacks and maybe a turnover, that's where you'll get your points in this one. That being said, the Ottawa DBs had a nice game against Saskatchewan last week, and Noel Thorpe taking over that defense this year might take them to new heights. Maybe the best, and I don't think this is crazy to say, the best Red Blacks defense in franchise history because <laughs> that's kind of where they have struggled since they've come back into the league, especially in the secondary. Well, there's only three seasons to compare it to, so I mean, mm-hmm. it can't be it can't be any worse in the first year. Yeah. No, they cannot. <laughs> Don't I know it? <laughs> Let's go to the Stampeders. Looks like Lamar Durant is set to make his season debut for the Stamps. Mark and Michelle will not be playing in this game, and a bit of a change on defense as well. Tunde Adelike ended up getting hurt in practice, so Adam Berger is going to start at safety there. The Stampeders, they looked unbelievable last week against Toronto, and that might be what we see from Toronto the rest of the year. Corey Chamberlain may have been a lot more valuable than people thought he was to that defense. Which is scary to think. Yeah. (laughs) But with Eric Rodgers, looks like he's already back to form, opening up more space for DeVaris Daniels. Man, Reggie Bagleton has already looked uh, good a lot of the times this year as well. They get Durant back into the fold. They have a really deep receiving core in Calgary. It's all about choosing the right one. And I, I don't know if you can go wrong with either Rogers or Daniels this week, but I am going to be picking Don Jackson every single week until that price goes up. And even if it does go up, I might keep picking him. Well, for sure, he's averaging fourteen point four points in his first two games, and at thirty five hundred bucks, that's a really good deal. Oh yeah, uh, you know, and with him running the ball like he is, Bo Levi Mitchell, it, that makes him even better. And against Ottawa, he averages twenty three point nine points a night. Uh, so at eighty one sixty two, that's not a bad return when you know you're getting the same uh, production from Mike Riley against his matchup for almost double the price. Uh, so there's that's kind of a value pick. I know it's eighty, almost eighty two hundred bucks, but still, uh, you got one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and it's half the price of Mike Riley, who is probably the best fantasy option uh, right now. Uh, it's a pretty pretty good pick. Uh, Terry Williams, you know, now he's returning a little more. He's getting some carries, twelve point seven. Uh, Eric Rogers, fourteen point two. Like you said, opening up a lot of options for Devaris Daniels, who's at thirteen point seven against Ottawa, right around his average. Um, you know, and Lamar Durant, 12.9, which is well over his his average <clears throat> against the rest of the league here at, against Ottawa. So, and he's he's just over 2,500 bucks. So, I mean, if you can if you can get lucky and pick the right receiver from Calgary this week, you could get a really good value. More on Don Jackson. Here's a comparison: Jerome Messam has 28 carries on the season for 100 yards. Don Jackson has 21 carries. For 210 yards. He has a 10 yards per carry average. <laughs> I just can't believe that Messam actually has 28 carries. Yeah, they're giving him the ball a lot. And 
Well, he only got it seven times last week. Yeah, he got him a lot in the first week against Toronto, and they haven't been able to open things up for him at all, really. So I wonder how much he's going to get it this week with Thigpen returning back to the full. But that is another game. Who do you pick to win tonight at McMahon Stadium? Oh, it's the Stamps. Uh, They don't lose at home in the regular season until the games don't matter. Uh, We're early on in the year. They average 31.6 points at home while they only give up 18. It would not surprise me if Ottawa won or tied or whatever happens, but I'm picking the Stampeders as well. I would be surprised if Ottawa won because Calgary's at home. I would not be surprised, however, if Ottawa, you know, covered. Yeah, that... I'll put it that way. I think that is a pretty generous one for the Stampeders. I actually Mm -hmm. think that this game, Friday night, Hamilton home to Winnipeg, I'm picking it as game of the week. Yeah, this is must-watch. Hamilton's only a four-point favorite. They split the season series last year with Winnipeg uh, outscoring Hamilton 52-42. We start with the Bombers, and it looks like the Bombers are going to be without Anthony Gator. So Mo Leggett is going to get his start at halfback. Who thought that in week three... The <laughs> the quarterback matchup we wanted to watch would be Chris Strebler and Jeremiah Mazzoli. I think if you watched last year, the Mazzoli thing shouldn't surprise you. But Strebler, on the other hand, he only cost $6,217. You have to think the wheels are going to fall off sometime soon, at least for a rough game. Is it going to happen this week? Never. Never! <laughs> He's going to run the table. They're going 17 and 1. No, You're on do board. not quote, do not quote me on that. <laughs> it's it's in it's in recording. It's in the digital realm now. <laughs> oh no, it's in the cloud. <laughs> I said it last week against Montreal cuz you know, Montreal's defense early on in years, early on in the season in the past couple of years has been pretty stout. Turns out that they are worse than we thought they were so oh man so rich stubler i I was like when was the last time a defense of his gave up 56 points or whatever well he was the dc for edmonton when matt dunnigan threw for over seven seven hundred yards 25 years ago so apparently there's some holes in his stubler defense (laughs) you just gotta find him um like, don't get me wrong, Hamilton looked really good last week on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Delvin Bro, like you said, man-to-man, he's he, $200,000. This guy better be good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> right? Uh, and, you know, if they can – I said it last week. I'll say it again. If a team has to be able to shut down one aspect of Chris Trevler. Now, I'm not saying that he's not – going to get himself into trouble at some point because inevitably he's young that'll happen but if you can shut down the running aspect and make him throw the ball more or you know make throws that he doesn't want to make he's more liable to make a mistake you know if you can shut down that pass game and he's young it's going to be the short pass game and I know I call Matt Nichols a game manager Chris Trevler is the same kind of passer but he has the running the running game to to put with it so it's a little different uh but a team at some point has to figure out how to stop stop one of his one of his aspects of his game for them to be successful and until somebody does that he's just going to keep doing this the tiger cats maybe without richard leonard in this game one of the best dbs in the entire league over the last little while and last year we saw or last week we saw the eskimos taking deep shots against the Tiger Cats, if they connected on a few more of them, it probably would have been a little bit of a different game. I do wonder if the Bombers are going to employ that same strategy and maybe take some deep shots against Darius Bowman and Darvis and Darvin Adams, some big bodies that can go up and get the ball. Well, I, especially Darius, because I'm assuming that Bro is going to be covering Darvin. Yeah. So Bowman has the chance to have a big game. He's a big target for Strebler. If he can get he doesn't necessarily even have to get behind the defensive half. He just needs to make the play. Just make the catch and just keep doing that. And eventually, you know, you're going to wear down a defense. If they can, if Winnipeg can sustain drives and keep that Hamilton defense on the field, they're not going to look nearly as good as they did last week. And that, that, that can be... That can be said for any any team. Doesn't matter if your defense is on there for over 35, 40 minutes, they're going to get gassed and they're going to get exploited. 
We know that uh, Harris is going to get a ton of touches. There is no discussion there. If you want him on your team, just get him on your team. However, I don't like the Bomber defense. They're over $5,000. I know over the past few years uh, they've been able to force a ton of turnovers, but Mazzoli doesn't really turn the ball over that much outside of that preseason game, but let's face it, that was preseason. Yeah, Winnipeg's defense 11.8 against Hamilton in the last couple of years, uh, 8.5 overall. Uh, I think there's only one game against Masoli in that stretch uh, where he started. So a lot of that is against Zach Claro. So it's kind of hard to read. Um, you know, the way Masoli plays is a little is pretty much is pretty different than than Zach Claro's did. So and he still has. You know, Brandon Banks, Jalen Saunders, Luke Tasker, Terrence Tolliver. Like he's got all these, he's got all these weapons. So the Winnipeg defense, if they're not careful, they could get exploited. Here's a Hamilton stat for you: Sam the Rifle Echeverry set the record for nine games in a row with at least 300 yards passing in 1956. Now that's incredible. In 1956, I'm pretty sure they run the ball about 50 times a game. So <laughs> when did the f- so the forward pass came in that year, or <laughs> Kent Austin tied that record in 1991. Jeremiah Mazzoli currently has seven games in a row with at least 300 yards passing. I I don't know if I can bet on that anywhere, but with the Bomber defense that likes to give up yards, the Richie Hall defense likes to give up yards. Let's face it; they want to force an offense to make a mistake. They'll give them what they get. And try to hold them to field goals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm assuming that Mazzoli's going to do that. Can he break this record? It's a home-and-home home with Winnipeg. I'm sorry, it's Hamilton-Winnipeg uh, this week and then a home-and-home home with Saskatchewan. So, Oh, that's right, too, yeah. Um, I, I think he's got a, a really good shot, if, especially if he can get it done against Winnipeg. And like you said, with the Richie All defense, like they like to give up yards. I don't know if it's that they give up yards. I think it's that they try to make plays on the ball when they shouldn't be instead of just making the tackle. And that then you're able to get extra yards that way because you're behind your cup. You're behind the coverage a little bit. Um, but I, I think, I think there is a, a very good chance because he, he plays very similar to Strevler. He, he, he's a mobile quarterback. He's able to, to run uh, that run can set up the pass and, you know, set up options for him. And if he gets to eight, uh, there is a very good chance that he breaks his record with a home and home against Saskatchewan because that pass defense hasn't looked all that great. Yeah, right now. So <laughs> if they can't get pressure on Mazzoli, he might be able to pick apart that secondary as well. Now all of a sudden, Hamilton has a heck of a receiving core as well. Now that they add Terrence Tolliver, they've got a big receiver. If you look at they might have actually the smallest receiving core in the CFL. Um, Brandon Banks, Jalen Saunders, and Luke Tasker are not big guys. But then you add Terrence Tolliver, and then you've got a little bit of height there. But, man, they, they, they've they got a heck of a receiving core there now, too. And and we've been saying for two years that Brandon Banks needs to be more involved in this offense. They finally did it. And, and they finally did it. And, you know, you, you could see it with the record, you know, that the whole team. And granted, that probably had a lot to do with Masoli and them being willing to run the ball, but the offense just, it has so much more flow because there's so many more options and, you know, Masoli can go to any one of these guys and especially Banks and Saunders and even Tolliver, they can break, they can break a play wide open. Uh, Luke Tasker just seems to be your typical possession guy, which don't get me wrong, that you need to have those guys. It's a great add on fantasy because he gets a lot of catches, lots of targets, and he's able to scramble for yards. But you get a guy like Banks where you can throw a slant and all of a sudden he's gone for 50 yards and a touchdown. That that There's added value to that rather other than just, you know, making a catch and getting getting a first down. So, uh, you know, Banks at 12.7. A lot of that was special teams uh, earlier in the, like, in the last couple of years. So it's kind of hard to... To quantify that, but Jalen Saunders at 11.4, Luke Tasker 12.8, Terrence Tolliver at just over $5,000, 19 points he averages against Winnipeg. I like that. Now, Mercer Timmis, we don't really have much of a sample size for him starting games against the Bombers, but the Bombers haven't, they haven't given up all that much on the ground so far this season. They had uh, Tyrell Sutton 
last week. So obviously they kind of forced Montreal out of the run game and they really shut down CJ Gable in week one. So I don't know if Timmis is going to be able to get himself a repeat performance from last week, but for $3,000, if he's going to have the same usage as last week, can't really go wrong with mm-hmm. that. No, and at $3,000, you can really load up at all your other positions. And, you know, if, if he has a down week or, well, a down week compared to last week and maybe scores 10 less points, you're, you can probably make that up with your higher ads or your higher priced ads in other positions. Who are you picking to win? Winnipeg. Hamilton, since 2015, has only won 10 games at home, and Winnipeg averages 28.2 points on the road in that same time span. You are going to notice another pattern with my picks this week. (laughs) I am taking the Hamilton Tiger Cats at home. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So you know my pattern already? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to ruin it this time, though. I'm not going to ruin it this time. We move on to Friday Night Football. The Eskimos home to the BC Lions, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Slow cap, clap to the Eskimos. They're going to be uh, hosting 25 youth from Edson after arson was committed on the mosque last week. So that is uh, really awesome that they're bringing some kids to the game from Edson. Now, last year, this does not happen often. The Eskimos beat the Lions three times. That <laughs> It's hard to beat a team three times in one season. Uh, the Eskimos, they only had a 20-point spread in that one, so they outscored the Lions 102-82. to Before we go to BC, uh, the CFL had a conference call yesterday. I was on that call. Odell Willis talks about whether he has had this game circled on his calendar. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, yes, it has. I'm ready to play. I'm ready to chase my buddy Trigger Mike around. ready to chase <laughs> my, uh, my other little brother, the little baby giraffe, you know. <laughs> they got explosive offense, and, you know, I've been going against it in practice for the last five years, and now I get to do it live. And, like I say, it's going to mean a lot to me because, like I say, those, you know, a couple of guys over there, those are my brothers, and, like I say, I want to have fun. And, of course, I want to get a win just like they want to get a win. So I'm most definitely ready to play. Odell might be my favorite guy to listen to in the Canadian Football League. And if you listen closely in that clip, you can actually hear Mike Riley giggle a little bit when Odell's talking about... <laughs> I thought about... that was you. No, that was Riley. <laughs> like, oh, I, I did I really giggle as well, but there is a Mike Riley in there as well. And it was just awesome to listen to. <laughs> well, even if he would have said that he didn't have this game circled on his calendar, we all would have known he was lying. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Every professional athlete, the first game you play against your former team, that that's a big one. So Travis Lule is going to be BC's third stringer for this game, and the Lions have a five-game losing streak at Commonwealth Stadium. Some of them have been close. There's an overtime game, if I remember correctly, but... I like choosing some Lions in this one. Jonathan Jennings is $8,600. He's played right around his average against the Eskimos. Yeah, right at 15.1. His average is 15.5. The way that the defense looked last week, I could see him putting up a little better than that. Uh, Same with Jeremiah Johnson. He plays a little better against the Eskimos than he does against everybody else at 16.4. Chris Rainey, you know, he's getting touches at 11.9. Brian Burnham. Uh, kind of, you know, seemed low that he's only at ten, but uh, is it, he only averages fourteen point two. And when you when you hear the name Brian Burnham, you expect a little higher number than that, but it is what it is. And actually, cheaper than Brian Burnham is Emmanuel Arsenal. Uh, and he averages nineteen point five against the Esks, and you got to pay less than five thousand dollars to get that in your lineup. I definitely like the Manny show this week. The Lions defense. I am not one hundred percent sold on uh, that secondary yet. Against the Eskimos, I think they probably will gel as the season goes on. But against Mike Riley, I, you have to think they're going to rebound. Well, and it's a, it's that that defense is a tough pick. Uh, going any defense going against Edmonton can be a tough pick because they could have they could look you know like an anemic offense the week before just on on an off game, and then all of a sudden that night. Riley's putting up 400 point or 400 yards. CJ's rushing for 100 and a touchdown. A couple guys are 100 yard receivers, and you know your defense is getting you negative points. So uh, I, I tend to stay away from teams that are playing Edmonton 
uh, right now on the defensive side. Yeah, the Eskimos can put up yards. There's no denying that. And we talk about the Eskimos. They signed Canadian receiver Sam Shiger, who spent time with the Owls and the Ticats. He competed in bobsleigh at the Olympics as well. As for practice this week, we've been kind of waiting for Bryant Mitchell. He was a partial participant at practice, so we don't know if he's going to be on the roster for the game against BC. And here's Mike Riley talking about how practice has gone this week after a tough loss in the home opener. Honestly, it's it's another week of practice. I mean, our weeks don't really change too much. Um, you know, we focus on the next game at hand, whether we want to lost the previous game. So, you know, we don't we don't change anything in terms of that. You know, it's not panic button just because you, you came out and didn't play great in a game. But at the same time, you got to learn from your mistakes. And so we watched the film and figured out some things that we need to improve on and try to stress that during the week of practice. So, you know, there's always, I guess, a little bit more intensity after coming off of a loss in the sense of you don't want to come out and have a repeat performance where you don't perform as well as you think that you're capable of. So I do think that the focus and intensity was a little tighter this week. Um, but again, you know, if you weren't trying to practice that way before the last week, then you weren't doing things right. I think we do try to do things right here every single week. So I don't think there was, um, you know, a totally different feeling around the practice week. So I think the two and out drinking game, do we need to take a shot every time we gush about Mike Riley? I think that's more of the Eskimo Empire drinking game, is it not? Dude, I think we have more of a man crush than even they do. I, th- I think so. The hats, the beard, the answers. Like, what does this guy do that's wrong? I I have not hidden it in the three years we've been doing this. I'm a Ryder fan. I, I you know, I bleed green and white. Mike Riley is my favorite player in the CFL. I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to admit that. I wish he was my dad. <laughs> Mike Riley is the man we should all aspire to be. Oh, yeah, I don't mind that. <laughs> like, I got a lot of hats. I don't know if I could pull off the hat he did at the, the, the awards, but, uh, you know, I, I would definitely take some style tips, and I'm sure he's a perfect gentleman. <laughs> Riley averages 23 points against the BC Lions. It's If you can get him into your lineup, you're never going to go wrong. No, it, it's tough to have a week where he plays bad and you know those are few and far between but like I said before uh believe I Mitchell at just over eight averages more against his matchup than Mike Riley does against BC so there's something to look at there if you're looking for a little bit more cost control um but I mean Mike Riley he could go anywhere from 23 points like he usually gets and he could also score you 35. Duke Williams at still under four (laughs) you can't go wrong with that pick that's ridiculous. Utter, that is utterly absurd. He had double-digit targets in week one, and he had an 88-yard touchdown last week. So mm-hmm. he might have another big game. He averages 17.7 against BC, like I would said earlier. His his league average is 11.8. Like I, I don't understand. Like I, I get it. His, his, his overall average is a little low. Uh, but, I mean, the amount of targets this guy's get, he's going to start catching a lot more balls, and he's going to start getting a lot more points. So if you can get him now while he's cheap, and if he has a big week, you're going to look like a genius. Who are you picking to win? I'm picking BC. Uh, you know, Edmonton averages just over 25.5 points at home since 2015. The way that that defense looked last week, I have no faith that they stopped Jennings and uh, the pair of Burnham and Arsenal this week. I was listening to Three Down Radio out of Vancouver, and to hear Farhan Lousy break down the Eskimos was really fascinating because they are so committed to having four Americans at receiver that they basically have to have a Canadian in the secondary. So even when Arjun Colhoun goes down, they still keep a Canadian there, and it kind of handcuffs the rest of the team a little bit because they they want those four American receivers so bad, but I think that the Eskimos come into this game mad, and if they don't, then much like Saskatchewan, there might be a little bit of panic in Edmonton. So I, I think the Eskimos go out there and they beat BC this week. I think that the split in this one is a bit crazy. Hey, 
Maybe I'm underrating the Riders, and they absolutely do crush the Alouettes by four touchdowns. But the Riders are 10.5-point favorites over the Owls. They split the season series last year. The Riders outscoring the Owls 53-29. Of course, a lot of things have changed in Montreal since then. And actually, a lot of things have changed in the last week. Well, a lot of things have changed, but they've stayed the same. (laughs) They've signed quarterback Kenny Hill to their practice roster. He's actually son of a former Montreal Expos pitcher. And Hill was Manziel's successor at Texas A&M and broke Manziel's record for most passing yards in a single game with 511. They also signed Vernon Adams. And in the press from Mike Sherman, it looks like sooner rather than later... We could be seeing Vernon Adams starting for the team and Kenny Hill backing up. Can't be any worse than Drew Willie. Sorry, but I mean, I'm just speaking the truth here. Like he hasn't looked good. Well, that's one for the swear bucket. No. When you say it can't be any worse than Drew Willie? Okay, that that part, yes. <laughs> but it's still the truth. You said it wasn't a swear if it's the truth. <laughs> They also signed linebacker Glenn Love that has spent no some relation. time with the Stampeders. <laughs> and yes, we talked about it on Monday. Hinoch Mwamba has been fined to the maximum amount for his hit on uh, Strevler from Winnipeg. And actually, uh, Aaron Grimes from Edmonton Grimes, got fined yep. for his hit on Brandon Banks. Now, practice on Wednesday... The starting group of the Owls had five Canadians on the offensive line. It'll be interesting if they pull that off in this game against that defensive line. Uh, the only the only concern I have with that is if one of those Canadians goes down. Yeah. Uh, you better have a viable Canadian backup because if you don't, you have to put another Canadian on that offensive side of the ball somewhere so you can really back yourself into a corner. Um but that being said, I mean Winnipeg every week has six, not all in the same position, not all in the offensive line. But they have six offensive Canadian starters, uh, so I mean it, it can be done. It's just I don't like it as much with five on the offensive line because there's just so much that can go wrong with that. Now, would you put any of these players on your fantasy team this week? Yes or no? Yes. Who? Somebody's got to catch the ball for Drew Willie, and B.J. Cunningham averages over 15 points a game against the Riders. Um, you know, this Riders pass defense has, has holes. Um, Drew Willie, I don't think he's going to go off for 350 and four touchdowns, but I think there's a chance that, you know, B.J. Cunningham could have a long reception and a touchdown. Um, that That's the one guy I would be targeting. Let's look at the Riders. They make a couple signings. They signed defensive lineman Mikhail Brooks, spent some time with the B.C. Lions. They actually signed former Michigan quarterback Devin Gardner as well, so he might become the number three in Regina. Chris Jones did say that Deron Carter will play with the defense until Nick Marshall is ready to go, but it was reported on Wednesday in closed practice at Mosaic Stadium that Deron Carter played with the offense. So, oh, thank God. Just sounds like Chris Jones' mind games to me. I think he's going to be playing defense. Uh, Marcus Figpen is back from suspension. I think he will provide a nice little safety valve for Brandon Bridge, who starts for the Riders this week. Zach Kalaros will miss this Saturday's game, and he has been added to the six-game injured list. Now, Kalaros, with his salary, is a prime candidate for the six-game injured list because you can pull as many guys you want off the six-game, but you can pull up to two guys and have their salary not count against the cap while they're on the list. So Caleros is a no-brainer to put on the six-game injured list. Uh, I don't know how much money he gets up front, but that's a significant savings for the Riders. And I don't think he's going to miss all six games. I Obviously, he's going to miss this week uh, against uh, Montreal. And then, let's see their schedule here. They have... Uh, Back-to-back against Hamilton. But there's a bye week in the middle as well there. So right, yeah. yeah, it goes Hamilton, bye week Hamilton. Maybe Caleros makes his return against Hamilton. 
at Tim Hortons Field. Uh, that, that's a distinct possibility for sure. Brandon Bridge, we don't have much of a sample size for him starting against the Alouettes, but he costs $6,000. I, If you want to start him, I, I don't really have the biggest problem with it, but if Montreal can get to him, they do have a good front front. We know that. Um, and if the Ryder O-line is unable to protect him, I know Bridge is quite mobile and he can get around some of that stuff, but I don't have a problem with starting Bridge at all. No, and it, it was the same as last week. It was It's Montreal's defense. Chris Trevler, it was a no-brainer, you know, mobile guy. Uh, you know, this defense, like you said, the front the front four, it's it, it on paper, it's good. And, you know, they, they've shown that they can get pressures and, you know, they can't get home a lot of the times, but they can get pressures. Not that the CFL tracks it anymore. But, um, you know, Brandon, it's just, I don't, we don't know what Brandon Bridge is. We've seen him start one game as a rider in this offense. We've seen him come off the bench and, and do do things, you know, last year with Kevin Glenn uh, when he was starting. I just, I don't know what Brandon Bridge is. I don't. We've we've seen him start not even a handful of games, and it's just when he is in the like last week, he was just he wasn't good, and I just I would be afraid to put him in in fear of th- that happening again. Uh, you know, he's still young, doesn't have a lot of experience. There's a lot of veterans on that Montreal defense that can make him pay. I actually really like Marcus Thigpen this week. Oh, I twelve point eight average is only at four thousand uh, dollars. He's going to take carries away from Jerome Messam. And Messam only averages 5.9 against Montreal. I think Marcus Thigpen in your lineup is not a terrible idea. Um, you know, he, he could he could go off for 100 yards and a touchdown, and there, there's your 16 points. And he's a good receiver, too, so there's extra points there. Naaman Roosevelt, he's steady. He gets his targets, Caleb Hawley, and he's only getting better, and he's getting in the uh, lineup every single week, too. And he's cheap. Yeah, he is. Uh, if you back if you back yourself into a corner with the rest of your lineup, Caleb Hawley's there, at just over thirty six hundred dollars. Average is eleven point three against Montreal. Naaman Roosevelt just over five thousand at thirteen point three points a game. Uh, Deron Carter on the off chance he plays offense doesn't have a big sample size against Montreal, uh, but his his league average is thirteen point four. You have to think that the Ryder defense will rebound. I would hope so. <laughs> Uh, just over or just under forty five hundred dollars. They average eight point two since uh, twenty fifteen against the Montreal Alouettes. Who do you pick? Oh, I, I hummed and hawed about this one, but then I thought to myself, "It's Montreal. What are you doing?" Pick Saskatchewan. Uh, <laughs> Montreal. Montreal on the road in the last three seasons has only scored sixteen points a game. Uh, they've lost twenty of their twenty seven road games since that point. Wow. Uh, I had a little calculation for picks and everything and it came up Saskatchewan minus 10.7 and I thought I had a cal- I thought I had a number wrong somewhere and I go on Bodog Sunday night and Saskatchewan was minus 10 and a half uh, we had tweeted out you know get that line while you still can because you know Brandon Bridge is now going to be starting they locked it this morning I check it it's unlocked still at 10.5 so that's what that's what the betting public and Bodog think about this Montreal Alouettes team so don't don't tell me that I got to put extra money in the jar. <laughs> I haven't gotten a Ryder game right this year. There's only two to choose from, but uh, I'm picking the Riders to win this one quickly. Who's in your lineup this week? I got Chris Strebler, Jeremiah Johnson, Andrew Harris, Eric Rogers, the Manny Show, Terrence Tolliver, and Saskatchewan defense. We've got $137 left over. I have Mike Riley, Don Jackson, Marcus Thigpen, Darrell Walker, Shaq Johnson from BC. I like me some $2,500 players. He had a touchdown in week one. I think the Eskimos secondary is going to have some space for Shaq Johnson in this one. I've got DeVars Daniels in my flex and yeah, I am starting the Rough Rider defense. How much you got left over? I got actually two hundred and eighty-three dollars. So I was messing. Ooh. Yeah, I, I was won, messing. I won this week. <laughs> <laughs> I was messing with my lineup. I had one that had thirty-one dollars left over, and I ended up changing my mind. Um, thank you to the good response we've had so far this season. David at DGTN Teacher was listening to Two and Out on his flight. Uh, I hope we were able to pass the time uh, at the Baron Rouge. 
Uh, thank you for the note. He uh, says he loves the Monday shows. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? what about the Thursday shows? No love for the Thursday show? Uh, maybe the sun- Thursday show sucks. Who knows? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's the production. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrea at Dusty Foot Dre says you're mean to Matt Nichols, tie. She doesn't follow Winnipeg, so she wants an explanation. Because he's boring? <laughs> like it. It's just no fun to watch a Matt Nichols quarterback game. You're just wait. You're waiting for the for the for the sky to fall and something to happen, and it and it usually does with a ill timed interception or something. Don't get me wrong. He he's well, they went twelve and six last year, but it's just a boring brand of football because he's a game manager. There that should be in the drinking game. Is every time I call Matt Nichols a game manager, you got to take a shot. Yeah. So we put it out there: the two and out drinking game. Maybe you slamming Matt Nichols deserves to get in there. But <laughs> we got some great suggestions. So I think Dylan said, take a shot every time you say granted. I don't know if you said it once in this episode. I think I might have said it about Matt Nichols just now. Oh, okay. I, I might have said it. But just for Dylan, granted, 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 granted. So good luck with that. <laughs> take a shot every time I laugh. Uh, that might have to be taken out of the rule book because I don't know if anybody would su- survive that. Well, we might as well play Sentry on at that point. <laughs> Shotgun a beer when you hear the elk? Well, Tyrell, swear, because we don't play elks all the time. Swear. Well. <laughs> Guzzle a cheap lucky logger when a bargain TSN fantasy player is mentioned. Shaq Johnson. We mentioned a lot of those tonight. Oh, yeah. So guzzle your lucky logger. Don Jackson. <laughs> Take a shot whenever we mash, we bash Montreal. Oh, what a dumpster fire. Oh, yeah, a shot of fireball whenever a team is called a dumpster fire. (laughs) Drink whenever the riders are mentioned. That one just seems unfair. Well, that one's tough. That one's tough because we talk about every game and every team. (laughs) And every time I compliment Drew Willie, oh, look at those eyes. If you listened to the last three minutes of this podcast and played the drinking game, you would be done. You're calling in sick tomorrow. (laughs) Give us a rating and a subscription on iTunes. Hey, we're on Spotify, Google Play, just about everywhere. So if you can't find us, that's on you, man. That's on you, man. (laughs) Happy Canada Day. We will talk to you next week. We're going to decide. We'll probably still put out a show on Monday, even though it is a holiday. So we'll talk to you. Enjoy your long weekend and enjoy the football. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.